Well, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as a Christian holiday, Christ the King is a pretty new festival. It was first installed in the Roman Catholic Church calendar by Pope Pius XI in 1925. And the historical context was that the Pope at the time was concerned about the complete splintering of Europe following the First World War. And so it evolved throughout the 20th century into a festival, and Lutherans adopted it into the 60s and 70s. It became a festival that was less concerned about Christian unity, and it became more seasonal, pointing toward the coming Advent. And so the focus of the holiday came to be more about Christ, who reigns now over all creation, and who is coming on the day of judgment to put his enemies under his feet. And so the church year begins in Advent, next Sunday, with the hope of the coming Messiah who will save us. And the church year ends with a declaration that Christ is, in fact, sovereign over all. The whole church year is like a long liturgical procession. And it's a procession where Christ comes first, but he also comes last. Christ is now king, and he is the king who will come to claim us as his own for all eternity. And so this is where our reading from Colossians fits in. This text is a word of thanksgiving for what God does for us through Christ our King. When you read passages like this from St. Paul's letters, I always recommend look at the verbs as you read the passage. Pay attention to the verbs. Don't overlook the action words. St. Paul writes, that God has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has rescued us. He has transferred us into the kingdom. He has redeemed us, and he has forgiven us. God has qualified, rescued, transferred, redeemed, and forgiven. And so what we notice when we look at all of those verbs in this passage is that all of this that we give thanksgiving for is God's work. And so we see the sovereignty of God at work. We see Christ the King at work. Because it is all that he does for us. Nothing in these verses is about what we do for ourselves. It's what he does for us. St. Paul says that God through Christ has qualified us to receive our share of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's such a great and important metaphor because you cannot earn an inheritance. Right? An inheritance is what someone else chooses to give to you. It's not really based on your actions, not on your character. It's not something you can, can control. It's entirely based on the giver's willingness to pass it on to you. Likewise, the inheritance we will receive in eternity is all God. It's all from him. St. Paul in the same passage also writes that we have been delivered from darkness and brought into the kingdom of his son. And again, you see that it's not our work. We don't find our way out of darkness. Rather, God brings us into the light and he brings us out of darkness. And not only does he bring us out of darkness, St. Paul says he makes us citizens of the kingdom of Christ. The biblical picture is of the Israelites being led out of slavery in Egypt by God's gracious care. 
And not only did God bring them out of slavery, he also wants to give them a promised land full of milk and honey. He has a glorious promised land for them to reside in. And that historical picture is for us a spiritual picture of what God does for us. We are delivered out of Egypt and brought into the promised land. God rescues us from the power of darkness and makes us citizens of his kingdom. And so on Christ the King Sunday, this lesson is of the utmost importance. What Paul says to us is that there is no power greater than Christ the King. Darkness does not overcome light. Sin is not greater than what Christ has done for us on the cross. The devil is not greater than God's love for us. The powers and principalities of this world are not greater. The demonic forces that oppose God are not greater. There is no greater power for you than Jesus Christ. And so this is why St. Paul gives us the great hymn to Christ, starting in verse 15 of our reading. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In other words, Paul is telling us not to be tempted to believe that there is something more powerful than Christ in your life. There is no government official more powerful than him, no supernatural power. There is no sin or darkness in your life that's greater than Christ. Christ is the true king. He's the true king over you and over everything, and in him all things hold together. All creation has its being because of Christ. Now, in the gospel reading this Sunday, it wasn't obvious to the onlookers that Christ was the greatest power in the world. We see that while he was on the cross, the leaders of the people scoffed at him, the soldiers mocked him, and even one criminal who was on the cross next to him could not resist the opportunity to deride him. All of these people had one idea of power. For them, power is only found in the ability to dominate someone else. It's found in wealth and weapons. It's found in ambition. But Christ shows us that there's a greater power. And that's the power of God to reconcile the world to himself through the sacrifice of love. And that's what the second criminal sees. He sees the true power of Christ. And he has faith that Christ in his loving power is good. Notice how Paul ends all of his great description of Christ's power. He says, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things by making peace through the blood of his cross. The cross is the true power of God. The cross is the true power of Christ in your life. Because it was at the cross where Christ rescued you from darkness. It was there at the cross that he qualified you to receive the inheritance of the saints. It was at the cross where he made you a citizen of his kingdom. And it was at the cross where he redeemed you from the devil and where he won for you the forgiveness of sins. Christ did it all. In his power, he secured all of this for you. And in his power, we must not forget that Christ was the king who reigned 
with a crown of thorns. And as we remember that it is all what Christ does for us, it's most important that we remember that we are like that criminal on the cross hanging next to him. Not because we're hardened criminals, not because we'll be executed, but because we are entirely helpless to help ourselves. The man on the cross had nothing. His death was imminent. He knew his spiritual state was poor, and he knew that he needed Christ, the Christ who is the true king. We are also helpless sinners on our own, and we need the powerful king to save us. We have no response to the world's powers except that which is in today's psalm, be still and know that I am God. We can be still because our true king became sin for our sake. He took on the consequences and the despair of sin so that we might have life in paradise with him. And as a true king, neither sin nor death defeats him. Rather, he has defeated sin and death. He has taken away their eternal sting. And so death is not a door to eternal nothingness, rather Christ has made death the portal to paradise. This is why as Christians we worship a king who was humiliated on a cross. We praise a king who took on the full scorn and pain that the world could give him. And so our image of God starts at no other place than the cross. Do you want to know what the God Christians worship looks like? Look at the cross. Look to the crucifixion. That's what our God looks like. In a few moments together, we will receive the body of Christ that was given for us. We will receive the blood that was shed for us. This is our opportunity right here and right now to look at the cross because the body and blood take us back to the place where Jesus was exalted above all the powers of this world, right at the cross. And it's there where we will find life. So as you receive Holy Communion this morning, receive it as people who are being rescued by the King. And as you receive it in the full knowledge of your helplessness, learn to say, be still. Be still, my soul, and know that Jesus Christ is crucified for you. Because Jesus, the Son of God in flesh, has died for you, you have eternal life. Praise be to Christ the King of Kings. Amen.